0: This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean news headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Pan American Health Organization director urges countries to take stock of numbers and act as COVID cases rise. Intelligence agency in Trinidad and Tobago wary of Islamic radicalization. U.S. Virgin Islands governor appeals to U.S. lawmakers for help with reopening of St. Croix refinery. India's President Coven arrives in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Cuba boosts ecotourism at Island Keys, and Sky Cana to link Puerto Plata to Miami, Cuba, and Puerto Rico. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, May 19th. We start a report today at the Pan American Health Organization. MyView News reports that as cases of COVID-19 rise sharply throughout the region by 27.2% over the past week, the Pan American Health Organization director, Carissa Ethian, has called on countries to take action. The director has called for increased surveillance, public health measures, and vaccinations to make sure that health systems are prepared to cope with a potential influx of COVID-19 patients. At a weekly meeting briefing, she said last week our region reported more than 9,000 118 cases, COVID-19 hospitalizations increased in 18 countries, and admission to intensive care units rose in 13 countries and territories. With only 14 of the 51 countries and territories in the Americas reaching the World Health Organization goal of 70% vaccination coverage, far too many people remain unprotected. We must keep our eyes on the virus, she said, calling on countries to maintain and strengthen testing infrastructure and to ensure that in places where self-testing are available, results are reported to health authorities. Countries must also maintain investment in intensive care units and hospital capacity so that services can be quickly scaled up to meet a potential surge in new infections she added. In Central America, COVID-19 cases have increased by 80 percent and cases have also spiked in countries across South America. In the Caribbean, new infections have been on the rise for five consecutive weeks with a 9.3 increase in cases and a 49 percent increase in deaths. Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports that Trinidad and Tobago's Strategic Services Agency's annual report 2021 said that Trinidad and Tobago now face a potential threat from terror actors such as the SSA seemingly linked to sympathizers of local individuals who have become foreign terrorist fighters who are now detained in Syria and Iraq. The report was submitted to the Trinidad and Tobago Senate on Tuesday with SSA's annual report for 2019 and 2020. The report states that there are approximately 130 local foreign terrorist fighters detained in Syria and Iraq camps. The report expected this issue to occupy the intelligence and immigration authorities, especially if fresh legislation was allowed for mass repatriation. Given the decision made by the court in 2021, local sympathizers, inclusive of local radicalized actors who advocate for legally challenge the state, could eventually become more disenfranchised and hostile towards the state. There is the expectation that some politicians seeking support, influential persons in the legal fraternity, as well as certain sympathetic business owners, are likely to join the plea to the government with the hope of providing the impetus for repatriation. The report said their association with the criminal underworld and the use of the drug and ammunition trade to secure money to facilitate anti-state actions and behaviors will continue to attract the attention of the law enforcement and intelligence sector. In a Newsday story in September 2020, attorney Nafisa Mohammed urged the repatriation of 21 women and 66 children. These women and children are displaced persons. They are victims. They are suffering and begging to come back home, saying they had simply wished to live in a Muslim state, she said, but that has collapsed. It has crashed. Then attorney general Faris al Rawi had told Newsday in July 2020 they didn't leave on vacation, they left for terrorism. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that U.S. Virgin Islands Governor Albert Bryan testified virtually before the U.S. House Committee on Natural Resources during a hearing about the Department of Interior's Office of Insular Affairs 2023 budget to outline the U.S. territory's ongoing and new needs from the federal agency. During his written testimony, Governor Bryan decried last month U.S. Supreme Court decision that denies equal supplemental security income, SSI, benefits to the territories. He added, territories cannot look to the Constitution of the United States for equal protection under the law in making claims for supplemental security income, like their countrymen residing on the mainland. Instead, the court has directed us to appeal to the Congress. We ask you now, Grant our citizens parity with their fellow Americans and guarantee Virgin Islanders the same access to the supplemental security income benefits. We are not second-class citizens. According to Government House, during his testimony, Mr. Bryan also touched on a number of other issues he would like seen addressed by the federal lawmakers. Governor Bryan asked the U.S. Congress for assistance with the Environmental Protection Agency on concerns about reopening the Lime Tree Bay Refinery on St. Croix, U.S. Virgin Islands. He said, We all share the EPA's concern with safety, but it is not clear that the The U.S. EPA understands the unique importance of the refinery to the economic, financial, and social well-being of the Virgin Islands community. Restoring adequate funding to the territory's highways was another item on the governor's list of concerns for the U.S. territory. Brian said highway funding was cut to the bone in 2012 and has never been fully restored. Yet another example of Americans receiving poor treatment simply because of where we are in the United States. Singling out our four small territories for funding cuts was unfair. And ignored our uniquely pressing transportation funding needs, he said. BahamanNews.net via Asian News International reports that Indian President Ram Kovind arrived in St. Vincent and the Grenadines for a four day visit to the islands on Thursday. President Coven, who was welcomed by St. Vincent and the Grenadines Prime Minister, Ralph Gonzales, received the Guard honor and a 21-gun salute. It is the first ever visit by an Indian president to St. Vincent and the Grenadines. During his visit, the president of India will hold discussions with his counterparts, the Governor General of St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Susan Dugan, and will also meet with the country's Prime Minister Gonzales as well as other dignitaries, according to an official statement. St. Vincent and the Grenadines is an important partner of India. India and St. Vincent and the Grenadines were both non-permanent members of the UNSC in 2021 and shared good cooperation during this period, the statement said. Bahamanews.net via Chinua News reports that Cuba is expanding its ecotourism activities, making the most of the natural attractions and wildlife of the Caribbean Island Keys. Tourism resort Quilago, a long narrow key just located about 100 kilometers from Isla de Juventud or Isle of Ute, was recently relaunched as a leading haven of native flora and fauna. The key offers of the National international tourists are white sand beaches that are home to seagulls, herons, hummingbirds and iguanas, among other wildlife. Among its main attractions are the coral reefs and other water sports. They are favorite pastimes but visitors are most captivated by Key Largo's pet project, protecting the different sea turtle species that nest along the beaches from May to September. According to the report, Cuba is stepping up its commitment to sustainable tourism, with legislators recently passing a new law to replace regulations dating from 1997 regarding natural resource management and environmental protection. Cuba has more than 4,000 in keys and inlets, the most visited being Key Largo, Key Santa Maria, Cayo Coco, and Cayo Guillermo. Excursions to Cayo Blanco, a small inlet, has also gained popularity among international tourists. In Cayo Blanco, visitors can interact or swim with dolphins and learn about what Cuba is doing to protect these marine mammals in the island's mangrove ecosystem. In 2021, Cuba received just 390,000 international visitors, far below the more than 4 million annual visitors seen prior to the pandemic, according to Cuba's tourism ministry. But the government expects a slight recovery, forecasting 2.5 million foreign travelers to Cuba in 2022. Dominica Today reports that Sky Cana Airline will honor the aircraft name Go Puerto Plata by converting the Gregario Luperno Airport into a base airport after the remodeling in which it is located. The information was made known by the CEO of the airline, Frank Diaz, who also said that they would bring inspectors from Malta and Lithuania to certify the operations and convert the terminal into the base for Sky He said that they would be carrying out one or two daily frequencies with an average of 440 passengers per day. He explained that the intention of Puerto Plata are more than flights. It is to move a part of our operations that originate in Miami. So it would be Miami, Puerto Plata, and they continue towards the Cuban destination of Santiago, Camacue, and Santa Clara. Diaz explained that the airline plans to operate flights from San Juan, Puerto Rico, to Puerto Plata. The general director of Colster Norte Airport, Carlos Rodoli, explained their interest in bringing Cana operations to Puerto Plata has already materialized. They are enthusiastic about the start of the operations of the airline on June 1st. In addition, he said the airline is planning other destinations that are not served from Puerto Plata. And finally, The St. Nevis Observer reports that Rums of Puerto Rico Program will hold its 12th Taste of Rum Festival on the Caribbean island May 28th in Olsen-Muang. Juan. is being observed by the Rums of Puerto Rico Program, part of Puerto Rican Government Department of Economic Development and Commerce. Mati Jordan, director of Rums of Puerto Rico, said the Rums of Puerto Rico Program is very committed to developing the rum industry on the island. As Rum is part of our culture and tradition. During the festival, attendees will be able to taste a variety of local rums. The event will also feature seminars, a traditional food offering, and live performances. Musical entertainment include tribute acts, for Mark Antony and Guns N' Roses, as well as Caribbean Steel Band, among others. The Rum Festival attracts more than 3,000 visitors a year from across the world. This year's event will remain at 50% capacity to ensure the safety of festival goers. Each year, the rum industry in Puerto Rico generates around 450 million U.S. dollars for the local economy and contributes to more than 16,000 direct and indirect jobs to the region. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, May 19th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.